Hey guys, post-production JC here. This is your producer and host of the episode. This is a very visually focused episode, although you do hear me talk about what it is that I'm seeing in regards to the standings and things like that. But if you download this episode and listen to it as a podcast, I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel of Sports Ethos and find the video there as you'll get much more visual enjoyment out of it than you would audio. But that being said, here is the episode. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ethos Lakers podcast. And it's a visual episode, and uh, I've got a better camera, so you can see a clearer picture of my face and my unshaven beard, and you can see my Harley Quinn poster and Lion King poster in the background. See a little bit of my bedroom. That's not weird at all. Pay no attention to that. Just keep looking at my weird hat. Uh, Speaking of my hat, it is baseball season or it's almost baseball season and why am I wearing a Cubs hat and more importantly why do you care well I live in Austin Texas and the only professional team I have to root for in this city is a soccer team which I love I love soccer I love the Austin FC go Verdes Uh, but this is a special cap because it's a Chicago Cubs cap in Lakers colors which I found on New Era one day randomly uh, when I was a kid, my sister and I would always watch Chicago Cubs games on WGN, and so I've rooted for the Chicago Cubs my entire life. 2016 was an amazing year, which they finally broke the curse and won the World Series, so that was an important thing to me and my sister. Uh, but I'm your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at JC DeLeon1. You can follow the show on those same platforms at those same handles and why is there this big giant space i need to orient my camera why is there this big giant black space next to me well learning some new skills learning some new things about this video podcasting process and i am able to capture my screen and what we're going to do for today's episode is we're going to take a look at basketball reference and some things pertaining to the lakers so One of the things that I typically do at the end of audio episodes is kind of recap the entire picture for the for the league, the playoff picture for the league. And you don't have to hear me talk. I mean, you can hear me talk through it, but you're also going to see me visually talk through it. So last episode, we talked about Lakers being ninth in the West and how that's not ideal. Well, it's definitely not ideal, but. I talked about specifically the route up is actually a little easier than the route down. And what did I mean by that? Well, looking at the Lakers, they're in ninth in the West, which is not ideal. Where you want to be is up here on the sixth seed. Now, earlier in the season, you talked about, you heard about me talking about the goal should be six or higher. Now, ideally, you want to strive for better than that. But Ideally, at the very minimum, you want a six seed or higher. And now you're starting to hear talk of Darvin Ham telling the Lakers, look, we got to get to six. We don't we want to avoid the play-in, which is what I've been saying all along. And now Darvin Ham is finally giving them 
that motivation and that instruction, which is good. Um, but so behind the Lakers, you got the Warriors. The Warriors are surging. Warriors have won, I believe, six or seven of their last eight. But the Lakers have also won six of their last seven, which incidentally, six of the last seven games, that seven, that one loss versus Denver, there was a huge anomaly in that game in that Rui Hachimura only scored two points. Now we're going to go over Rui Hachimura and how how he's played since that Nuggets game, but this the Lakers could easily have won the last seven games and entering into the NBA All-Star break going on a seven-game winning streak, which is fantastic. But so there's a three-game gulf between the Lakers and the Warriors. From there, you've got about a four-and-a-half-game gulf. Then, you know, the Rockets are not going to make it to the play. Pretty much, pretty much everything stops at 10. Which is like, this is the play-in picture. Utah's not going to finagle their way in there because Golden State's going to keep going up. Lakers, and hopefully, are going to keep going up. Utah maybe could go up. Houston's not going to go up. Memphis is going to stay right there. Portland's going to stay right there. And the Spurs are going to stay right there. Minnesota. Minnesota's been playing well. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. I'd imagine they're going to stay up there. Oklahoma, I mean, there could be a little flip-flopping in one or two Clippers have been playing well, but the Clippers are also now starting to see the injury bug bite them, which is unfortunate for them. Denver, I think Denver is going to stay pretty solid. I think Denver's Denver's pretty much going to be in cruise control the rest of the season. I think they're still going to be one of the more feared teams in the playoffs. Jokic is still playing out of his mind. I hate him. Pelicans, Pelicans, I think, are overachieving a little bit, and I think you might see, I mean, if the Lakers are going to go up, some of these teams got to take a dip. And I think the Pelicans are going to be a team that takes that dip. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is going to have Phoenix is having some injury issues. Uh, Bradley Beal out with a hamstring. Nobody knows for how long. Dallas, I think Dallas, Dallas could slip. Sacramento could slip, but Sacramento was one of the better teams last year. But I mean, the West is competitive. Like here, you've got the eighth seed with a thirty-one and twenty-three record. Like that's, I mean, the East is tough. I mean, the West is tough. Uh, we're going to take a look at the East for right now. We can You can take a look at that picture. But So let's extrapolate what the Lakers have actually been going through. And as this loads up, uh, we'll take a look at our schedule and results. So, won six of the last seven. Before that, there was a loss to Atlanta, which was a tough loss. Like... You had that great win in double overtime, and then you had the two losses to teams that you should have beat with. So, yeah, let's extrapolate this further. Uh, you had this loss to the Clippers on January 23rd, and you go on a little two-game winning streak, double overtime versus the Warriors. If you win these two games, and Rui Hachimura doesn't have an anomaly bad game here, I mean, this is a 12-game winning streak the Lakers or another nine of their last 12 are wins. And taking a look at that Denver Nuggets box score, like I said, one thing immediately stood out to me. And I watched the game, but Rui Hachimura played 37 minutes, shot one for five. And he started, these are the starters, shot one for five, missed both of his three-point attempts, didn't shoot any free throws, got four rebounds, no assists. He got a block, but he only scored the two points. And that's weird. Anthony Davis dominant that game, 32 points. 
LeBron James, 25. Austin Reeves, 15. Austin Reeves has been a little on a little bit of a tear lately. But, yeah, let's look at how much of a, an anomaly that was for Rui Hachimura. So since that two-point game, now he had... He had some single-digit games before that, but he'd been on a nice little double-digit tear. Some single-digit games, and since then, 21-15, career-high 36 versus Utah. So that was a weird game for Rui, and I think if Rui didn't necessarily have that game, um, you know, let's, I mean, let's keep looking at that box score. Uh, so Rui had the two points. Uh, pretty pretty good game for the rest of the team. Uh not a good Max Christie game. They were with, also without D'Angelo Russell for this game. So no D'Angelo Russell. I think the, the thinking was he might have potentially was going to get traded the very next day. So he didn't play this game with some, we'll call it a made-up issue. But, you know, maybe he was injured, maybe he wasn't. Max Christie started this game. Not a great game for him. Only played 15 minutes. Torian Prince played a lot of minutes. This is one, I, I think, one of the first games in which Torian Prince really embraced coming off of the bench and... I mean, here's the thing, Darvinham. You don't have to start Torian Prince, and you can still give him 30 minutes. In 34 minutes, he shot four for six, two for three from three. Love seeing that. Uh, finished with 13 points at a plus-minus of one. I mean, the Lakers lost this game, so the fact that there'd be a lot of plus-minuses is, is unusual. Uh, it's weird that Dar Anthony Davis is minus 11 with as good a game as he had. Uh Nice little game for Jackson Hayes in 17 minutes. Not a very good game for Christian Wood, who played 19 minutes, only scored three points, but he did get four rebounds and a block. Uh, Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood have been putting together some nice games, but uh, I always kind of look at what also happened with the opponent. And so one of the things I always look at in a playoff series, so if this were a playoff game, you would think, well, Rui's not going to score two points in every game. Rui's going to have better games. Well, let's look at the Nuggets side. Who's going to have a better game? Michael Porter Jr. is not going to score 27 points every night against the Lakers. Jokic holding him to 24, 13, and 9. I mean, that's going to be about what he does. So you basically, you didn't let him have an outstanding game. You just let him have his regular game. Jamal Murray, same thing. 29 points, 11 assists. I mean, that kind of efficiency... 12 for 25, 5 for 9 from 3. Is, 5 for 9 from 3 is definitely an anomaly. So, like, that's not going to be thing that's going to be repeatable in a playoff series. So those are the things that, that I look at as positives in, you know, what the Lakers did good or what they did bad and what's probably going to happen again, what's not going to happen again. But I want to talk about another player. Our guy, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has been playing out of his mind lately. And I don't necessarily know that he's... I mean, he gets appreciation from Lakers fans. I don't think he necessarily gets the type of appreciation that he should from regular NBA fans. So here's been his entire season up until this point. So we know that... Um, you know, we know that... I mean, the points were there sometimes. But it took, it took him some time to really get going. So... You factor out the first handful of games. You know, he had some double-digit games. Here's what I think is the most interesting thing with Austin Reeves. And one of the things that I pointed out in an Instagram video in his rookie year is how good his passing ability has been. So, I mean, let's, let's factor in his highest assist games and when they've come. So, 12 assists is a season high 
did that on January 5th. February 5th, 11 assists. November 25th, 10 assists. February 8th, 10 assists. But here's basically what he's done lately. So since this game on the 29th, and in this game on the 29th versus the Rockets, this was the the loss where LeBron didn't play. No, he did play. This was just the weird Houston Rockets game after the double overtime Golden State Warriors game. So an exhausted Lakers team, even though it wasn't a back-to-back, still played a really intense double overtime game two nights before. So just a weird night in Houston. Austin Reeves with eight points, shot three for eight from three, or three for eight from the field, one for three from three. Since then, 28, 32, 22, nine. Let's take a look at that nine. So that nine was against Charlotte, blowout. That's not going to. Uh, 15, 27, 15, 22. But of the assists, so you've got, Six assists, three assists, seven assists, eleven assists, ten assists, four, six, seven. He's he's doing it all, folks. He's just having an outstanding season, and you know, I don't know who's up for most improved. And to me, I think some of the, some of these numbers are better than they were last year. He's certainly shooting a decent percentage. He has. He has the odd night every now and then where he goes 0 for 5, but then he can go 3 for 5, 3 for 4. He's a good three-point shooter. Ooh, he's got no for 6 there. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> 1 for 6. But, um, yeah, I mean, for the for the season, 30... I mean, 36.5% is definitely not bad. It's 36.4 for his career. So he's consistent. Uh, he hasn't had, an, you know, an outlier of a bad shooting year yet, but it's only year three for our guy, Austin Reeves, but he's been playing out of his mind. Really great game for Austin. Really great games for Austin Reeves lately. So the Lakers are at the all-star break, um, sitting in the ninth. They don't have a game again until February 22nd. So nice long break. Uh, I think the biggest injury the Lakers have right now going on is uh, Max Christie. Uh, Max Christie is definitely going to be an important piece, but there's also been the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, he was traded to the Toronto Raptors, and I think the Raptors bought him out. And so, you know, for all the talk of the Lakers didn't make any moves at the trading deadline, one of their targets was Spencer Dinwiddie, and he basically get him for nothing without having to give up anything. So that's been a great move. And Spencer Dinwiddie, in his last couple of games... Let's go ahead and take a look at what he's been doing. So for his career, uh, 13.6 points per game. Uh, He's not a great three-point shooter, but he's definitely not what he's going to be for this team. Uh, He'll be a spot-up shooter from the corner at times, but you're not going to rely on him. He's he's about as good a shooter as, as Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be his biggest comp, but the difference between Dennis Schroeder and Spencer Dinwiddie is right here. He is 6'5". He is a big point guard. Uh, He is a big point guard, and he can also play shooting guard. He's athletic. He drives. Uh, He's going to have a a similar penetrative game to Dennis Schroeder. He's just a lot bigger. 
He's a lot bigger and stronger, and he'll bang in there. Uh, he's actually leading the league in drives this year with, I think, 11-point-something drives to the basket per game, which is much needed. And he's been a huge help for for the Lakers. Uh, and, you know, you can just take a look at his last five games here. So he hadn't played since February 6th for Brooklyn before he was traded. And in his two games with the Lakers – We'll just take a look at these right here. So, again, points, I don't think you should really take too much of a criticism, crit, uh, critical look at. But four for six, two for six, decent percentages. Two for four from three, one for five from three. Not terrible. But seven assists, four assists in... doesn't say how many minutes he played here. Let's take a look at how many minutes he's played Uh, 31 minutes here. I think he played, similarly, I think he played 30 minutes in that first game as well. This is the first game versus Detroit. And I think he played 30 minutes in versus Utah as well. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's been great. He's been doing some really good, uh, really good things. Um, we can even take a look at some of his highlights here. So this is his first game versus Detroit uh, makes an immediate impact finds Christian Wood on a really nice uh, cut to the basket Christian Wood he looks bumbly and clumsily but he actually he actually finds a way to get the ball in the basket which is kind of a weird uh, weird skill that he has there he finds Austin Reeves open for a three which is nice anytime Austin Reeves has been that open he's been he's been hidden um, very aggressive not shy at all with the ball uh, he has that familiarity with D'Angelo Russell when D'Angelo Russell was an all-star and in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, not shy about being vocal on this team. His veteran presence is very needed. Uh, him running the second unit, running with the second unit, sorely, sorely needed. Uh, he's basically going to be what Gabe Vincent hasn't been able to be this season. I'm still, I'm still not totally giving up on Gabe Vincent. I think he'll be an asset in the playoffs. Uh, there's his first. There's Spencer's first basket as a Laker. It was an and one. Uh, Gabe, you know, he's just injured right now. Um, so Spencer's very confident about shooting that three, which is, which is fine. Uh, no issues with that. Uh, you can be confident about shooting the three. Uh, there's Christian Wood. Another weird like, is he gonna make it? And he ends up not making it. Uh, I mean, being a confident shooter is definitely, you know, what uh, what's needed in this league. Sometimes he can be too confident. I think he's he's about just the right amount of confident. He he's his shots are good shots. There's a really great pass to Torian Prince for a three. Um, his shots are not ill timed, so you know he does make good decisions. Makes a really good steal there. The different another difference between him and Dennis Schroeder, I think, is he's going to be a much better defensive presence than Dennis Schroeder. Just the fact that he's bigger, you know, five inches is a pretty big difference when it comes to you know size for a point guard and things like that. We can take a look at his second game here versus the Jazz road game for the Jazz. LeBron didn't play in this game, so I think there's more potential for for Spencer to kind of run with the second unit, uh, get some more minutes, have a bigger impact, which I think was was helpful. Um, plus, LeBron gets another day of rest before the All-Star break, which is nice. Finds Torian, or finds Rui for a nice uh, nice corner three. Rui 
uh, career high 36 points in this game. Uh, Spencer's gonna he's got a nice little game going with uh, Anthony Davis there. And, I mean, Anthony Davis is pretty simple. You can just lob it up and he'll run up and catch it. Here he's on a little pick and roll with Jackson Hayes. He's able to take it himself. There he is standing on the corner. And I, it, there were reports that he, what he didn't want is in, a, in his new team was to be a guy who just stands on the corner and shoots a three. And he's going to do some of that. But he's going to get plenty of opportunity to run the offense with the second unit. So even though he made a corner three uh, there a minute ago, um, that's not going to be all what he's about. Because here he is, one of his drives to the basket. Like I said, leading the league in drives to the basket. I mean, that's kind of one of the, that's maybe one of the more ill-timed Ill shots that you'll see from Spencer Dinwiddie, but for the most part, um, he's already got pretty good pick-and-roll chemistry with the bigs and Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis. So all three of them, he's able, he's been, been having an impact. So let's take a look at what the Lakers have to look forward to once they do come back from the All-Star break. So you've got, I mean, this is going to be a big game. Uh, Lakers and Warriors are basically fighting for their spot in the play-in or for that six seed. Uh, so it was a big game the last time they played, went down to double overtime. Draymond, Draymond the last couple of games, for for all he said about lessons that he's learned or, you know, whatever it is that he learned during his suspension after punching Yusuf Nurkic, I don't think he's learned a damn thing. Uh, I don't think he's changed. His antics are still there. He said he's going to slow down the antics. They're still there for the most part. Um and I think referees are kind of believing his bullshit and letting him do whatever he wants. But anyway, um, should win that game against the Spurs. Spurs are terrible this year. Wemby's been playing really good. Uh, tough couple of road games, although the Clippers obviously isn't much of a road game. Uh, Phoenix versus the Clippers. Then, I mean, it's after the Wizards, then it's kind of a murderer's row of teams, like teams that you've got to beat. So, like... Got to beat the Wizards. You've got to beat the Kings. Well, that, that's no easy feat. You could beat the Bucks. They don't seem to be very good with Doc Rivers, even though they were good with Adrian Griffin. I don't know why they fired him. Um, got another game against Atlanta. Uh, three more games against the Warriors to end the season. Almost to end the season. Um, you got a couple easy wins against Memphis. You should beat the Pacers. So, like, it's, you know... A mix of easy games, hard games towards the end of the season, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got an easy opponent or a hard opponent. Lakers have to win games. At 30 and 26, um, I mean, they've won six of the last seven, could have easily won all 12 of their last nine, uh, but won nine of their last 12. Um, you know, you don't have to go nine out of your last 12 for the rest of the season, but. You've definitely got to win three out of every four games, more than likely. Uh, if not, you know, if not three out of five, maybe, you know, if not three out of four or three out of five, like that, you basically need to be well above 500 if you're going to finish out the, um, if you're going to finish out the season in that sixth seed. Now, it seems as though the Lakers will end up in the play in because, like I said, it's going to be. Be really hard for the Lakers to go down, 
Um, it's definitely possible. You can always go down, but the good news is the only way to go up, the only place really to go up is the only direction to go is up. Uh, if you can forgive my uh, yammering, um, but hey, let's do a fun while we're here and we've got basketball reference. Um, I don't know if you guys have been playing this game, but I love it. During the summer, I was playing it damn near every day. I actually haven't played it in a while. Um, but let's play the Immaculate Grid. So if you don't know what the Immaculate Grid is, and you can read it all right here, or you can listen to me tell you, um, we're not going to read all that. Basically, <clears throat> you have to figure out which NBA players have played for both of these teams. Now, you get points for um, obscurity, I guess. The more obscure or rare your pick is the more points you give up i don't really care about the points i just like thinking about you know who played on which team and i like the memories it gives me um so with that being said uh and i'll tell you what we're we're aiming for 100 percent here and and uh, yeah i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna use basketball reference but what i'm gonna do is I'm going to tell you my thought process, and I'm going to think about which players. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong because I searched for it. But we're gonna we're gonna get 100% on this grid. So I think all NBA, Phoenix Sun. Uh, you got a couple of choices here. You got tons of choices here. Um, but just because he's one of my favorite players of all time, he was my favorite player before Allen Iverson, and then Allen Iverson was my favorite player, and now LeBron James is my current favorite player. Um, Charles Barkley, obviously, definitely has been All-NBA while he was a Phoenix. He was the MVP while he was a Phoenix Sun, so I'm not even going to bother looking that up. Charles Barkley, lock it in. Uh, All-NBA Milwaukee Buck. Now, we can go a little obscure here. Um, there's room to go a little obscure here if we want. Um Man, if I, if I, whew, um, because I want to go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here, but I don't know if they did all NBA back then. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? Actually, no. We're, I was thinking of Ray Allen, but we're going to do Ray Allen here because Ray Allen was a Miami Heat. Um... I know who I want to. I know who I know who I wanted because he was a Milwaukee Buck. He was one of my favorite players. I don't know if he ever got an All NBA. Vin Baker was one of my favorite players. Uh, tragic end to his career. Um, was an alcoholic. Uh, ooh, two time All NBA. Vin Baker. I knew it. I knew my guy, Vin Baker. Uh, but anyway, he overcame all of that, uh, but it did unfortunately end his career. 1% for Vin Baker. Man, nobody else thought of Vin Baker. That's crazy. Uh, all NBA Detroit Piston. I could go Grant Hill. I could go Isaiah Thomas. Um, uh, I wonder if the rule is you have to be all NBA while you were a Piston. Because I know that Chris Webber was a Piston. I know for a fact Chris Webber was a piston. Uh, ooh, he's never been all NBA. Holy shit. 
Chris Webber has never been all NBA. Wow. Okay. I would have gotten that one wrong. I was 100%. Well, let's see. So Grant Hill was definitely all NBA at some points. Grant Hill's never been all NBA? That can't be right. That can't be right. No. Hold on. That cannot be right. Grant Hill has never won all NBA. Yeah, four-time all NBA second. Okay, so hold on. Let me go back to Chris Weber here. Because I feel like Chris Weber has to have been all NBA at some point. Chris Weber, three-time all NBA. Yeah. Uh, this immaculate grid. We're gonna go with Chris Weber. What? Oh, you know what? As a piston, shit. Damn. I should have gone Grant Hill. Well, there goes our hundred percent for the game. Uh, all right, Miami Heat and a Phoenix Sun. Who is a Miami Heat and a Phoenix? Oh. I know exactly who. Brian Grant. Not Bryant Grant. Brian Grant. Brian Grant was definitely Miami. Ooh, point three. There we go. Uh, Detroit Piston and a Miami Heat. Um, hmm. This one seems tricky. Detroit Piston and a Miami Heat. Um trying to think of was Norris Cole ever a Detroit Piston thinking of Norris Cole and was he ever a Detroit Piston he was never a Detroit Piston okay uh, what about uh, we'll think back on this one uh, Phoenix Sun and a Charlotte Hornet Phoenix Sun and a Charlotte Hornet. Yeah, it gets kind of tricky. And I haven't done this in a while, so I haven't like thought this through or thought of who might be. Um, was Dan Marley ever a Charlotte Hornet? I, I don't think he was ever a Charlotte Hornet. Uh, he was definitely, you know, he was a Miami Heat. Uh, he, played he was a cleveland cavalier for one year he played yeah dan marley not a charlotte hornet wow okay let's think about this um yeah i've got no guesses all right so we're not going to get 100 percent on this grid because uh, i don't want to keep you guys here any longer than i have to uh, let's see. Um, all right, this one's gone on long enough. We'll go ahead and give up here, but we got, we got five out of the nine. So we got more than 50%. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, possible answers. 41 Phoenix Suns and Charlotte Hornets. Let's take a look at who has played Ty Tyson Chandler. Boris Diaw, Eddie, jo Eddie Johnson. I love Eddie Johnson. Uh, Raja Bell, Bismack, Bismack Biombo, uh, Seth Curry, Rex Chapman, Tony Delk, uh, Eddie House. Oh my God, Eddie House. I love Eddie House. Brevin Knight, Kelly, Kelly Oubre, recently. Miles Plumley. There's been about ten. Ooh, Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis was a. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was a Charlotte Hornet because of the COVID. Wow. Ish Smith. Ish Smith should be one of the answers for damn near all of these grids for all time. Uh, <laughs> uh, 59 Milwaukee Bucks and Charlotte Hornets. Let's see who we could have gone with here. Anthony Mason? Anthony Mason was a Charlotte Hornet and a Milwaukee Buck? Oh, rest in peace to Anthony Mason. Uh, Ricky Pierce, Del, Del Curry. I didn't know Del Curry ever played for Milwaukee. I know he played for Charlotte. Um, DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine is another, like, Ish Smith. Can You can think about him for all these. Earl Boykins, tiny little guy. Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill was one of my favorite players of all time. Didn't know he was a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, Eddie House again. Uh, Steven Jackson, Brevin Knight, Sean Livingston. Um, another Plumlee, there's Ricky Pierce again, Ish Smith, Mo Williams, dang, uh, 37 Detroit Pistons and Charlotte Hornets, um, another Kelly Oubre, I thought I saw Kelly Oubre, Otis Thorpe, Derek Coleman, Derek Coleman, I wanted to put Derek Coleman for one of these, and I knew he was a Piston, didn't know he was ever a, uh, didn't know he was ever a Charlotte Hornet. Um, DJ Augustine. Kwame Brown. Screw Kwame, Kwame Brown. Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon, another one of my favorite players. Corey Maggette. Should have thought about Corey Maggette. Nazi Mohammed. V. McKayluck. Lakers, guys. V. McKayluck. He... Oh, I think he plays for the... Uh, yeah, he plays for the Hornets now. Dennis Smith Jr. Alright, so some places we could have gone. Detroit Piston and a Miami Heat. Jerry Stackhouse, Christian Leitner. Carlos Arroyo. Man, I liked I liked him. Cedric Sabalos, one of my guys. RJ Hampton, Damon Jones, Rodney Magruder. Smush Parker. All right. Jerry Stackhouse. Hmm. All right. So that one was going to be tricky. So I definitely wouldn't have gotten that one. Uh, some of these I should have got. I uh, should have thought about Derek Coleman. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Ethos Lakers podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed some of the insight. hope you guys uh, look forward to the rest of the season. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, has been a great addition. I think he's going to do great things for this team. But until next time, we are out.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.